On today's Locked on Jayhawks, recapping the news that was over the weekend for KU basketball from the latest on Hunter Dickinson to Harrison Ingram picking a different school with North Carolina. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. in on KLWN in Lawrence with Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can also find and subscribe to us on YouTube. On today's edition of Locked on Jayhawks, we're going to be going over the latest recruiting news and notes for KU basketball over the weekend, both heavily involved with Hunter Dickinson and Harrison Ingram. First though, this episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. It's the latest that, that happened over the weekend. The Hunter Dickinson visit ended up happening. He um, got in. It sounded like later than maybe normal. There were some flight delays, but ended up getting in. Sounds like he had a good visit. You know, most visits sounds like they go good, right? It's it's hard to mess up a visit. Um, you go, you have a good time. You're shown a good time. You get nice food. You probably go out to the bars and stuff. Like, it's hard to have a bad time on a visit. That's for sure. Uh, so the visit wrapped up. And then um, for him, he now is supposedly heading on a visit to Kentucky. And, you know, you go to Kentucky from that point. We'll see if he goes to Villanova after that, like he, I believe, was scheduled to do. Um, but immediately going there and, and we'll see what all that means as far as, you know, with Dickinson uh, going, I think uh, a lot of people still are pegging maybe Maryland and Kansas to be the front runners here. The Kentucky part of this seems to be the wild card in terms of how realistic is it for them to get him? Is this a ploy by him to try to drive up, you know, the bidding, the NIL money to be a smart ploy on his part with Kentucky being involved in it? Or is it something where, there is real interest there um, because, you know, Kentucky is probably going to be able to match whatever NIL might like Kansas and Kentucky are probably just going to they're going to hit a point and be like, OK, that's what we're offering. That's what we're offering. It's the same like, you know, uh, pick which one you want to go to. Um, obviously, if you want to make the comparison, like you would say, well, Kansas had a lot more success over the last whatever, three, four years than Kentucky. Um, Kentucky hasn't been well spaced offensively over that time. And Kansas has done a better job doing that, that you make. Maybe you feel more comfortable as a big man, but also Oscar Shibway did just win national player of the year a year ago. Now that was mostly from just like will and tenacity and getting rebounds. Um, so that would be an interesting battle. But yeah, they're kind of the wild card in this because you don't know if they're being used as a certain tool or if they are real competition. And if they are real competition, it's it's always difficult. Every so often it happens, but it's always difficult to beat Kentucky in recruiting battle. It just is like there are a lot of them that Kentucky's been able to win over Kansas. Obviously, there's some that Kansas has been able to win over Kentucky, um, but it certainly is of note. So now you just wait on on Hunter Dickinson. He was never going to be a guy who committed on site and on scene. I, I mean, most likely, maybe with the NIL bag, they pull up like a wheelbarrow and they're like, here's $10 million. You have to commit right now. He's like, okay, yeah, sure. Why not? No, but that was never going to happen. So um, kind of in the same vein as Nicholas Timberlake, he took his uh, North Carolina visit. Then he took his Kansas visit. Then he took his Connecticut visit. Then he went home that next week, thought about it for a couple days, 
and made a decision and landed on KU. And maybe there were some, you know, more phone calls with every coach just to kind of supplant everything from there. Maybe it was just all him making a decision. I don't know. But he took his time, registered everything he went through, what he liked the most, what was going to be the best fit, whatever went into that decision for him to pick KU. That is how I believe Hunter Dickinson's going to do this. He went on, you know, visits to Maryland and maybe Georgetown that I don't know if those were official, unofficial, because he just lives so close. Went to Kansas. Now he's going to Kentucky, the Villanova one that'll be after it. I don't expect him to commit on any of these visits. And I, I think the idea here is that maybe he can like picks his school in like two weeks, in a week, two weeks, three weeks, something like that in the month of May. Seems like the likely destination for Hunter Dickinson. So you're still going to be kind of waiting on pins and needles uh, between now and then. Obviously, over the weekend, too, was the entry uh, deadline to enter the draft. And we'll see what that leads to, because there are certain guys that maybe entered the draft and retained their collegiate eligibility. They didn't say anything about entering the transfer portal. But what happens if they do decide to come back and then they do last minute enter the transfer portal? And obviously, with the story being out there about the possible, was there like a two-year, $4 million you know, NIL deal with Hunter Dickinson? That alerts people to be like, oh, Kansas is playing with some money here to where like, even if they don't land Hunter Dickinson, maybe they can sway some of those guys who are in the draft process who do end up coming back to be like, yeah, maybe I should transfer there. Now, as far as Harrison Ingram, he uh, went on a visit to North Carolina. He was supposed to visit Kansas this next week, and he ends up picking north carolina now it's uh certainly something that is of interest because he was supposed to visit kansas earlier this week but there was a scheduling conflict that came up that forced the visit to next week and then he ended up visiting north carolina and committing you wonder if the scheduling conflict doesn't come up if he ends up visiting kansas on time does he end up picking kansas because I, I think it was a little bit of shock um, that he did pick North Carolina. There were a lot of local media people. There were a lot of local uh, just people, national people, too, that, that thought Kansas was going to be the destination for Harrison Ingram. And so um, it ends up being a, a bit of a surprise there. Uh, I think certainly it's something where um, he probably felt like he was slow played a bit. I, I think that there was some some talk, some murmurs about him and, and KU being a logical destination, like right at the offset of the transfer portal. And then when he entered in, there wasn't really much talk about Kansas and Harrison Ingram. And there wasn't really much, you know, seemingly contact or the visit wasn't scheduled early on. And I think that was Kansas waiting to see what their options were. You know, we talked about in recent episodes, Kansas has kind of gone with the slow play here. You know, you go back to a couple of years ago, they instead of doing the slow play, they went early and often. They got Cam Martin and Joe Yesifu in the first like couple weeks of the transfer portal, and then maybe they felt like by the end of the transfer portal that maybe we should have waited to see what other guys were going to enter. And I think because of that, Kansas was being patient this time and saying that, you know what, uh, we're better off waiting. What if some good player really enters in and we're like, crap, why would we use a scholarship here when we could have used it there? And that player never really came on the wing. And Harrison Ingram was one of the top wing players that, that you could go after in the transfer portal so then they end up circling back around to him they schedule the visit but then it gets pushed back he might have felt like he was being slow played a little bit I, I think there was a, a quote that he gave to uh 24 7 sports kind of talking about you know that he felt like north carolina really loved him and made him a priority more than any other school stuff like that um so i i don't think it's it's that the kansas didn't want harrison ingram i think kansas very much did want harrison ingram by the end of this but i think they 
they, they kind of slow played it a bit. And, and I know for some people that's going to be viewed as like, well, blame KU. Like they messed this up. They, I, I still think that was the right way to do it because I, I think that being in, in the two motions of, hey, let's wait and see what talent arrives versus the one from a couple of years ago when you brought on a couple of guys out too early. I'd rather be on the way of, of being patient because at the end of the day, yes, you didn't land Harrison Ingram. And we'll get more into this, like how big of a loss is this? You're still Kansas. You should be able to use the scholarship on another good player. Now, who that is, options might be drying up a little bit. We'll finish the show with uh, other options now available, at least the notable ones for KU on the wing. First, though, this episode of Locked on Jay is brought to you by Sportsbook. Grand slams, no hitters, double plays, they're back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than with FanDuel. That's because right now, New customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Um, so right now, you can uh, go bet on Colorado against Cleveland. Um, I like the Guardians. It's on the road. Colorado's not very good. You can get the Guardians minus one and a half on the, the run line at plus 100. Boom. Or you can build your own same-game parlay, who you think is going to get a hit or hit a home run. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So question out of all this, because Harrison Ingram ends up picking North Carolina over Kansas. And <clears throat> is this loss a big miss for Kansas? Um, so, okay, let's get into it. It is notable. It is certainly notable. It is one that I don't think is a good thing. I don't know that it's gigantic either. Was Harrison Ingram going to come in and be your best player? No. Was Harrison Ingram going to be your second best player? Probably not. Was he going to be your third or fourth? Maybe. Um, there were, and, and I, I will say, like, I, I don't want to play revisionist history. You know, we, we go back to the deep dive. Like, there's a lot of things Harrison Ingram would have done really well for Kansas. You would have been able to slide him into maybe that four role that Jalen Wilson was playing. He would have provided good strength, scoring inside, good feel for the game, good passing, another ball handler for you to have, like solid enough defender on the interior, good basketball IQ that obviously it would have been a take and it would have been a nice fit for you and you would have expected him to be in the starting lineup. But it's also not gigantic because he's not, like I said, be one of your two best players. Can you find another wing who can fit you well? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, there are the limitations with the shooting right now for Harrison Ingram. That could go up this season. We'll wait and see. Um, but maybe this allows KU to pivot a bit and say, you know what? We could really use another shooter. Let's get somebody else who has a better shooting percentage. So there's opportunity out of it. It's not ideal. There is opportunity, but it also limits your options now, and you're starting to run out of wing options because there were other commitments over the last week or so. Um, as far as losing out on Ingram to North Carolina, 
you know, it's kind of funny because I, I think Nicholas Timberlake, after he went on his Carolina visit, thought was like, oh, he's going to go to North Carolina, ends up picking Kansas. This is almost like the opposite. He goes, you know, Harrison Ingram, it's it's like, oh, well, he's probably going to go to Kansas. He ends up going to North Carolina. And um, I know there were some people like saying that, oh, well, you know, they pushed back the the schedule for Harrison Ingram um, because Marcus Adams ended up signing his national letter of intent and reclassified. No, that had that had no effect on it. That was the Marcus Adams reclassifying thing was planned for like a month. That was just a, a weird circumstance that happened in the schedule. Um, having Marcus Adams did not preclude you from bringing on Harrison Ingram. Now, part of it was he felt like he was slow played a bit that that KU might have fumbled the bag in that regard. Um, I think another part of it was it sounds like he wants to play maybe more of the three at North Carolina and at Kansas, I think he would be more of a four. And, you know, I guess it was, if you're playing, like if you're starting Ingram and KJ next to each other, then it doesn't really matter. Like at that point, Ingram is kind of the three. So I don't know how much that played into it, but um, yeah, it's just, it's just tough because he was somebody who you were almost viewing as like, yeah, okay. He'll be a for sure option for you that can fill a lot of those wing minutes that you've lost. And right now, uh, you, you've brought in the the guard play with Nicholas Timberlake, but you're still looking for that guard. We did our wing rankings like a week ago in uh, top 10 wing, wing rankings on Locked on Jayhawks, and he was one of a handful of players was Ingram in Tier 2. So again, there's other Tier 2 players, but what makes this, I think, sting more and more difficult is that Hakeem Hart, who was another one of those Tier 2 guys, he just picked Villanova on Friday. Dalton Connect, really good score. He was another one of those tier two guys. He just picked Tennessee over the weekend. Matthew Cleveland, who um, was another tier two guy. He hasn't picked anyone yet. Maybe you can still rush your way back into contention at some point. You know, if you come swinging a big NIL bag, an opportunity at the University of Kansas, even if a kid has made a finalist list, maybe. Uh, like like we saw that with Caden Shedrick, I think he was like he had like a finalist list and then like some new schools approached him that weren't previously on there. And he was like, well, maybe I'll add them on. So maybe that could happen. But like Matthew Cleveland released his final three. Kansas was not on the list. So you're starting to run out of possible, you know, really good wing options here. And there's a couple of different ways you could go about that now. Do you instead play into the idea of playing like three guards next to each other? Right. Instead of if you can't find another good wing, add another good guard. And at that point, you can play Dewan Harris, Elmarco Jackson, Nicholas Timberlake. Like those are all playing one through three. Whatever other guard you're adding can play at the one, two, or three position. And you're playing more of three guards together. And then you just need the one wing at the four and the one center at the five. Could that be a realistic option? I don't I don't necessarily hate that, to be completely honest. Um, that would be how maybe I would pivot at this point. Uh, remember back like KJ Adams, we've all heard the comparison when he was coming out of high school is Mark Vital. Obviously, KU last year made the comparison instead to Draymond Green. And I think KJ showed last year, like he's, and I don't mean this is like, Mark Vidal was a, a very impactful player, really good rebounder, really good defender, really good glue guy. But KJ, I think is better than Mark Vidal. I mean, he, he just has more scoring options, more to him, right? To where if you follow that Baylor path, though, of that team, it was three small guards who could score with Mark Vidal and then a center who couldn't really shoot, but he was a good rim roller and good defender. Well, if you have Kansas, let's say you don't land Hunter Dickinson and you have KJ starting in that kind of Mark Vidal role, but better at it and or, or I guess more to it with the scoring and a, a center in Ernest Uday or Zuby Adifer is more of a lob threat, dunker, good defender. What if you just had three guards who could score and shoot around it? Right? You'd have Dewan Harris, Marco Jackson, Nick Timberlake, somebody else you add, any of these wings you have coming off the bench, some of the freshmen, right? 
I don't think that's a terrible way about building a roster. I do think Bill Self uh, really likes playing with all the wings that's allowed them to be switchable on the defensive side of the ball. But I wonder at this point if there's just not the options available to them to do that in the transfer portal. And, and that's what good coaches do. They adjust. Uh, they figure it out. So I wonder if that's an option. Another option is maybe going for some of these other uh, guys that you know are in the NBA draft process and maybe they are going to enter the transfer portal. We just don't know about it yet and maybe kind of back-channeling that way to figure out if there is any interest, anybody that maybe we're not thinking of that, that could enter the portal and, and would be a nice hit for Kansas. But um, it's it's a big loss for KU. It's unfortunate. It's one that I didn't really expect to have. I kind of figured that in a week or so we would be talking about Ingram being on KU, but uh, you can see why he felt a little bit slow play there. Again, I don't necessarily blame KU because I think that's the right way for them to approach it. Be patient because I think in the long haul that will help them as opposed to just jumping on guys that – might not be the best player they can possibly get in the early going, just kind of uh, unfortunate for them. All right, so what other op options do they have though on the wing if they choose to go there? Let's finish up with that with Locked on Jayhawks. So at this point, Harrison Ingram gone. I mentioned Hakeem Hart picking Villanova, and I thought Hart would have been a really good fit for KU. I thought that, to me, uh, Ingram and Hart were, were pretty like even in terms of what they would have been able to bring. It would have been different in how they would have gone about it. I think you could have argued Hart over Ingram in certain regards, Ingram over Hart in other regards. So that was unfortunate that, you know, if, if you would have found out Harrison Ingram was going to pick North Carolina, um, uh, like before Hakeem Hart made his decision, because Kansas was in the finalist list. Maybe you could have gotten back into that, right, instead of him picking Villanova. But he committed on Friday, then Ingram picks North Carolina Saturday. So that was just crappy timing for KU. Dalton Connect picked Tennessee. I don't know how much Kansas ever was like full go on Dalton Connect. Uh, so who's still available? Well, we have uh, some like tier three and tier four guys from that top 10 list we did a week ago that are still out there. Oliver and Kamwa sounds like he might still be going pro. I think Michigan was somebody who was of interest there. I don't know. Um, that obviously, uh, it, he, he's not the greatest shooter, but I guess you could say, well, he's he's similar enough to Harrison Ingram. So, you know, certainly would be an option there. Keisha Johnson from San Diego State, like good defender, good positional size and stuff for you, but he's not really a shooter. He'd be more somebody I would look at as being like a bench foreman, a bench wing, something like that. Um, I mentioned Matthew Cleveland had his finalist list. Any way you can get back into that, I don't really expect that. Which pretty much leaves like two guys. I mean, unless you do count Nkamwa as a realistic option. Uh, but Mbako, the uh, five-star recruit, top 10 kid who was committed to Duke, decommitted. He's the top available freshman right now. That maybe becomes more of a, an option here. Um, I, I think that once you saw he decommitted from Duke, there was some actually murmurs. There was some talk about, oh, receiving interest and in, from North Carolina. Now, who knows if that was just him trying to get back at Duke and try to freak him out or if that was real. But if that was real, adding Harrison Ingram, who's going to play that 3-4 position for them, maybe that makes it a little less likely he goes there. Maybe it leaves more opening, more playing time for Kansas there. I don't know how realistic that is when you're committed to a Nike school. Like, what does that mean about going to a different, you know, we, we see kids sometimes transfer um, when they're transferring up. Like if they're at a Nike school, that's like, you know, I'm playing it. I, I don't even know if Hartford is like a Nike, but you know what I mean? Like a small school, like maybe that doesn't really matter. But when you're on that high level of like a, I don't know, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but that would be, I think a home run for KU. Now, the the floor versus ceiling there is a lot different. Like I think the floor was much higher with Harrison Ingram than what you would get with Mbako. You don't know totally how he's going to translate. And I think some people will tell you, others will tell you different things about what his game is right now. 
but the ceiling on him is being a, a four man who can run and shoot really well. And if it hits, that's a starter for you and one of your best players on your team. If it doesn't, maybe this guy's not really playing much, right? There, there's a very wide variance there. So that one would be more of a risk. But at this point, absolutely, for sure. Uh, the one guy, though, this this definitely narrows a path to is Jalen Tyson. So Tyson's the transfer from Texas Tech. He has to get a waiver to transfer because this will be a second transfer. There is some talk that, you know, because of the Mark Adams thing, like this isn't just your normal coach getting fired, which the NCAA said they're going to crack down on second time transfers and coaches getting fired is not going to be something they're going to be given out for. But with the circumstances of how Mark Adams was fired, because he said a racial, uh, you know, thing, it's hard for the NCAA to be like, well, you know, we because there is like an emotional and physical distress thing that you can get away for. And it's hard for them to be like, well, we don't think you're emotionally hurt from a racial thing that came at you. Like that would be a bad place for the NCAA to go. So if you're asking me, I feel like he could get the waiver. I don't know for sure, but he's a good shooting wing. This would be a, a nice little bounce back for you. Cause you could make the argument that Tyson is actually a better fit. If this team needs shooting, which they still do, even after, after adding Nicholas Timberlake, He's like a 40% shooter, three and a half threes per game. He can play the two and the three for you. Good length. He actually was a really good defender last year at Texas Tech. Like this would be a big hit for him. But is it too late in the process? Have you not been going all out on him? He just visited Cal where his teammate Fardoz Amac went. Uh, he had a, a former coach uh, who's at Cal now on their staff. So uh, we'll see if KU can get back into it. He would clearly be someone who you would be like, okay, it's good they let – they or not good necessarily, but it's fine they lost out on Harrison Ingram. And you could have had Ingram and Tyson, and it would have worked out. But it's fine because we ended up with this guy, and they're going to be okay because of it. But they're running out of those wing options, so we'll see uh, how much they can kind of put the pedal to the metal there. But again, there could be guys that we don't even know about that are going to enter the portal. So I still feel like Kansas is going to be fine. You still already brought in Nicholas Timberlake. Clearly, they have a lot of resources available, right? If if they do land Hunter Dickinson, if they don't, It'll be a little panic, but that just means they have all those resources to use on other transfers. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. We'll be back tomorrow. Primo Spears is supposed to visit, at least as of now. Uh, we'll do a Primo Spears deep dive on tomorrow's show. This is Locked on Jayhawks, and that'll do it for today's show. You can check out anything you missed in the best of RCST podcast or the uh, Locked on Jayhawks podcast. Excuse me. You can find me on Rock Chalk Sports Talk and with the best of RCST podcast as well. And you can find us on YouTube for Locked on Jayhawks and uh, give us a positive review if you possibly could. We'll see you next